What it is, what it is, everybody. Happy draft day. And special shout out to today's podcast guest, Cuzzo Geese. Happy birthday week, Geese. Man, this was initially going to be the Atlanta on FX podcast, but because of today's special guest, pushing that one to next week, which also features a very special guest. So I really want you to listen to that. You know, next week, we're going to be getting into the last three episodes of this season's Atlanta. I think the podcast is going to be very topical, cover some real fertile ground. So I can't wait for that. But today I am digging in the crates for a last episode or I'm sorry, a lost episode that we completed last year, almost a year ago today to commemorate draft day with the one and only Cuzzo Geese during his birthday week last year. I thought the pod was going to be gone forever, but with the help of some new tech, I was able to recover it. And I say this as modestly as I can. We were dropping gems. These people that give that supposed expert analysis on the NFL. Nah, they can't do it like we do. And it's very interesting because this being a year later, you get to actually see how some of the predictions and the analysis that we came up with came to pass over the past season. And unlike this year, where there's not as much intrigue, especially since the Debo Samuel nonsense, thankfully, has cooled a little bit. And then there's even less elite QB talent. Last year was one of the most quarterback rich drafts in NFL history. And then my San Francisco 49ers were at the height of the intrigue with all the turbulence last year over who they were going to pick. Was it going to be Mac Jones? Was it going to be Trey Lance after they traded last year's number one pick, this year's number one pick and next year's number one pick? To move up to number three and select their quarterback of the future, who history showed turned out to be Trey Lance. We have a lot to say about Trey Lance. We discussed my Niners. We discussed Giza's Packers. And at the time, the breaking Aaron Rodgers drama that was going on. We break down all the top quarterback talents and all the hubbub over Mac Jones and black quarterbacks and the NFC least and the NFC West and the NFC North and the NFC. We don't really go that much in the AFC teams because that's kind of our style. CBS sucks, man. But anyway, it's an episode full of insight and some humor and a fantastic performance by Cuzzo Geese. Yo, he just don't miss on this episode. But real talk. This is real talk. And speaking of Atlanta, I got to show a little love to one of Cuzzo Gee's favorite actors of all time. I think it's actually his favorite actor in movie history who just dropped a new movie. Mr. I just bought a dinosaur like Nicolas Cage. Yo, Nick Cage is back on the big screen, Gee's. And not only is he back, but he's back playing none other than Nick Cage. It's all for you, Gee's. I know as a father of two, beautiful children, and then a hardworking man in the education system, I'm, you might not have had the time to go see it yet, but yo, Kazo Geese, I know you can't wait, bruh. And so in honor of the great Nick Cage and Kazo Geese, I want to take the time to shout out all of the many, many, many bangers that Nick Cage has put out since 2010. Can't go back too far. He got like 100 movies. But 2010, because that was back in the uh, Friendly Manor, Greensboro days when Geese first became a diehard Nicolas Cage fan. And if you don't go see the new one, The Unbearable Weight of Unbreakable Talent or something like that. Um, what's that joint called? Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Psh, 
Nick Cage spitting nothing but facts. The unbearable weight of massive talent. And so, yeah, go check that one out, geez. And not check out any of these movies I'm about to mention because most of them are available, you know, in dollar bins and, and decommissioned red boxes and offhand streaming services like Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. So, yeah, man. I'm going to have to get Geese on here again to discuss how many of these he's seen and some of his favorites of all of these. But here we go with a dozen years of the Nick Cage classics, taking it all the way back to 2010 when he was in Kick-Ass and The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Both of those were out in theaters. I remember and Kick-Ass is a dope movie. Then in 2011, he's hitting you with the season of The Witch, Drive Angry, Seeking Justice, Trespass. Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, that's one, two, three, four bangers. Seeking Justice, I know Geese had to have seen that. That sounds like something Geese would love. 2012, yo, the rare kind of chill year. He only did Stolen, but then 2013, he's in The Croods. He Grug, y'all know Grug, right, from The Croods? Grug, bruh. And then Frozen Ground, Jack Holcomb. Yeah, we, um, John Cusack is in that joint. Then he was in Joe. I know y'all seen Joe. 2014, my man putting in more work. He's in Rage. He's in Outcast. He's in Dying of the Light. He's in Left Behind. Left Behind? Is that like the Kirk Cameron joint? Yo, they remade Left Behind starring Nicolas Cage. Psh, Nicolas Cage be putting in that work. I see why he's messing with bull like that. 2015, The Runner. Pay the Ghost. 2016, The Trust. Dog Eat Dog. He showed up in Snowden. He was in Army of One, 2017, Arsenal, Vengeance, A Love Story. Geez, I know Geez seen that. That sounded like another banger. Inconceivable, he's Brian. He's Brent, Mom and Dad. The Humanity Bureau, Geez, Humanity Bureau. Dark, yo, how many 2017s he got? He got one, two, three, four, five, six. This man, stay working. 2018, Mandy. Mandy's actually a banger. I did see Mandy. It's a little violent, not for everybody. Then he's in Looking Glass. He's Ray. Ray in Looking Glass. Classic. 211. I don't know about that 211. Between Worlds. And of course, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, where he's Spider-Man Noir. Shout out to Nick Cage and Spider-Man. 2019, Score to Settle. Color Out of Space. Running with the Devil. Kill Chain. Primal. Grand Isle. This boy put in work. Putting in work. 2020, he's back at it as Grug again. Crude's a new age. And then that, that jujitsu. But, yo, that only two in 2020 he took some time. Oh, COVID, of course. Of course. 2021, though. Pig. If y'all haven't seen Pig, I highly recommend Pig. I thought he should have got a Best Actor nomination for Pig. But, you know, they be hating on the boy Nicholas Cage. That's why, you know, the massive talent and the unbearable weight... He's he's spitting. He's spitting. 2021 also gave you Prisoners of the Ghostland, Willie's Wonderland, where he's the janitor fighting all the animatronics that's like possessed by the demons. And then this year, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Bruh. Shout out to Nicolas Cage, man. I'm saying much like Kazogi's Nick Cage just don't miss, man. Anyway. Happy birthday, geese. I hope y'all enjoyed this throwback Thursday NFL Draft Day special real talk style. You know, NFL Draft is up. 
Hope y'all checked that out. Shout out to the draft. Shout out to my Niners. Shout out to Nicolas Cage. Shout out to Atlanta. Airing a brand new episode tonight on FX. Be the topic of next week's podcast, like I said. And of course, shout out to the one and only, my special guest today, Cuzzo Geese. Happy birthday week, homie. You know what it is. Catch y'all on the flip. What it is, what it is, live again from the Huga Studios. Got a very special guest in the house for the first time. Cuzzo Geese in the house. What's good, Cuzzo Geese? What's up, everybody? <laughs> Yo, happy belated birthday to you, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Yeah, April baby. Yours was what? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, okay. Taurus season. Taurus season. Yeah. Full of bull. Yeah, you already know what it is. Ah, for sure. Yo, it's draft day, so this is almost like an emergency podcast, but we got to do a little bit of hindsight 2020. Haven't been able to talk to Cuzzo Geese much on record, on the podcast, since early 2020 when the world didn't change, man. The world didn't change. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, 2021 is like a, it's not as... You know, harsh is 2020, but it's a little bit of a, a continuation. Yeah, it's like 2020 hungover. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, <laughs> yeah, good way to put it. Yeah, but, but let's go back to 2020, because for me, it seems like the moment when coronavirus got real was when the whole NBA thing happened. Yeah, that's exactly when I was like, oh, we in, we in some ish. We, yeah. I can say that, right? You can. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, we, we in something. When they canceled <laughs> the NBA games, do I need to go to work? They talking about still going to work. Yeah. NBA canceled. The NBA's canceled. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And so then from there, that's when they just started canceling stuff and closing stuff. They actually canceled the NBA season. It's, it's hard to remember some of the things that happened in 2020. Because it was so wild. So I guess they didn't ultimately cancel it. They postponed it. Yeah. But for a while, it was just like, no NBA. What's going to happen here? And then came the bubble. What What did you think about the bubble? What did you think about losing sports and all of that stuff at, at the time? You know, it was interesting. I thought it was great. But according to TV ratings, nobody was checking for the bubble. <laughs> nobody was checking for the bubble. Um, but it was great basketball. And it gave you a perspective of what the players look like when they don't have to travel. Yes, it really did. It, and it was much cleaner basketball than you would have expected with all that time off. And you could argue that it was much cleaner basketball than we're seeing now Correct. in today's NBA. Correct. And like you said, because of the fact that they were kind of quarantined and just eating good, sleeping good, not a lot of partying, not a lot of travel, not bouncing around, not a lot of distractions. Yeah, but they're not going for that no more. No, they're not. They're not. And, you know, the, the country's opening back up. Yeah. What they didn't cancel last year was the NFL season. Oh, no. We kind of knew that there was no chance the NFL was going to cancel. There's way too much money in that. And them, them dudes, 
They didn't take a week off. <laughs> <laughs> they they did postpone the Packers. No, they didn't postpone the Packers 49ers game, even though all our players had COVID. They ain't postponed. They ain't post no, postponed nothing for George Floyd. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. You know how the NFL do. Oh, yeah. They got to get this money. Got to get the money. Yeah. Got to get the cash. So what did you think about last year's NFL season? See, my team lost in predictable fashion <laughs> in the NFC Championship. That would be um, the Green Bay Packers. I didn't mind the NFL season. Um, I'm a 49ers fan, and they everybody on the whole entire team got hurt. We actually had the most players play start in, like, the NFL history or I, modern football history. I can believe it. Um, which is why they will be drafting a quarterback tonight because – the San Francisco 49ers quarterback cannot stay healthy. So how you feel about you nervous? What, what what's the the tension? What's that looking like? I've been a wreck for since they traded the picks. Ever since they announced that, you know, they were moving up to three, and then Chris Sims come running his mealy mouth talking about his Mac Jones. <laughs> Ever since then I've been shook. But today. I'm actually as calm as I've been. I don't think it's going to be Mac Jones. So you think y'all going to draft Trey Lance and Garoppolo start this year and Trey Lance? I think that's your best move. I think for present and future cohesion of the team, you just wait until Jimmy G gets hurt because it's going to happen. <laughs> and then when as soon as he gets hurt, you plug in the young bull. And if the young bull is doing it, you don't never have to put Jimmy G in again. Or if Jimmy G balls out, then we're probably going to, like, the NFC Championship or something like that. And then afterwards, you'd be like, I mean, sorry, bro, but you knew what was going to happen. Yeah, it's the uh, Alex Smith at Mahomes package. And if he does it like that, then he going to go somewhere and get paid. Yeah, it's in his best interest to not get hurt this year. It's in his best interest (laughs) to not get hurt this year. And it's in the 49ers' best interest to get insurance in case he gets hurt. But let's talk about the quarterbacks. How much have you watched these quarterbacks? Just a little bit of tape. A little bit of tape. Have you listened to many podcasts? Have you just been consuming every little bit of information about every single one of these quarterbacks like a madman because you're, like, shook about this number three pick? Nah. Nah. My team is drafting, what, 29? Yeah, and y'all got the best quarterback in the game. Yeah. Even though he, he... Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Aaron Rodgers says he wants to leave Green Bay. Yeah, we need five first-round picks for him. I'm thinking that's that's suitable. I mean, who has five? Jacksonville, <laughs> uh, the Jets. Somebody should definitely be like, yo, we'll give you six total picks. Yeah, I, I like you know. that idea. But – Back to these quarterbacks, it's really interesting to me. The year before last, we talked about this wave of black quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and dual-threat quarterbacks and how they are both the present and the future of the NFL. Mm -hmm. And then we also talk about how, for some reason, they still keep slipping in these drafts. And so this year, you have four quarterbacks when the draft starts who are considered the top quarterbacks. Um, Trevor Lawrence, who's obviously supposed to be number one. What, what do you think about Trevor Lawrence? Um, I think it was you that said Stafford-like. I don't know if he has Stafford arm talent, but he, 
he has a lot of winning qualities that I like. So I, I think he'd be he'd be pretty good. And the, and the reason I say Stafford like is because he just throws the football. Yeah. He's one of them guys you can just drop back forty. 45, 50 times, and he's going to be throwing the ball all over the field. I like the winning qualities that he's brought. Anytime you look at, like, some of the, the, the best quarterbacks, they, they, yeah. they were guys that, that won a lot. Yes, indeed. He's got all the build for it. He's built like he was created in a lab. Little, little on the thin side, but you can fill that out because he's so big, you know. And he's mobile, too. He's quite mobile. He's quite mobile. He has both functional mobility where he can roll around, roll out, step away from people and stuff. And then he has like tuck and run it mm-hmm. where he can just be like putting the ball down. I'm dipping. I'm taking this yardage and I'm eating it up like Pac-Man. Yeah, he could be like, reminds me of like a Nick Foles that can run and don't like giving the ball up. <laughs> Nick Foles, that's 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 kind of an insult. I mean, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll say this: Lawrence. Nick Foles going to the Super Bowl run. How about that? Nick Foles was balling. Super Bowl run, Nick Foles. Nick, Nick Foles in the playoffs. You know, he did the Joe Flacco special one. Yeah, you know that's what, what I'm mean? saying. Yes, yes. Um, so he's the top guy. He's the number one quarterback. But then all of a sudden, the number two quarterback emerges as Zach Wilson from BYU. And then they give him the nickname Mormon Mahomes. Had you heard that? <laughs> you heard that one. Mormon Mahomes. I mean, I don't know. He might be Mormon Mahomes. He ain't going he not gonna have no Mormon uh Tyreek Hill. <laughs> or Mormon Kelsey. Yeah. On top of that, you know, one of the things that I don't think we talk about enough in regards to today's NFL is how dangerous NFL pockets have gotten now. You know, these are big boys, and they're big, quick, fast, agile guys. And then you have all these different exotic blitzes and corner blitzes and safety blitzes and stuff like that. So you have to really be able to handle the rigors of the pocket physically as well as mentally. And they're always talking about physical pocket presence and things of that nature, and it was usually in regards to guys like Jared Goff and Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold who didn't end up making it. Mm-hmm. But they're always like, they're so smart and they can manipulate the pocket, et cetera, et cetera. And they hype that quality up. But what ends up happening is they're the type of guys that when you bump them, they fall back 50 feet or they drop the football on the ground. And yeah. You know what I mean? Or they, they stumble up into people instead of getting away from people. And so one of the things that I've found curious this year is that it seems like some of these quarterbacks could have that problem, that specific problem. Is he not a mobile guy? He's a very mobile guy, but he's also a very light guy. He has not had much experience with pass pressure, and when he did, it tore him up. He was throwing picks. And you know those when you want to run yeah. and you just get a ball to the other team? Because yeah. you like, I ain't trying. I'm not with all this. I'm not trying to get hit upside the head. It's the very, it's very Jared Goff-ish. Mm, he where, had some of the worst interceptions you ever seen. Because Jared year. Goff don't want that smoke. Nah. As soon as he sees that the day is going to be a whole lot of people <laughs> in his face, he like, I'm well, I'm, I'm not going to protect the ball. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> if it's me or the ball... It's going to be me. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm going to spend this $138 million that I signed for. Got to. Got to. 
That's one of my concerns about Zach Wilson. And I kind of think that could be an issue as well with Trevor Lawrence. If you have a team that is just bad at offensive line play and you're in a division or you're playing teams that are really good at trying to freak out young quarterbacks, that's a bad matchup. And then when you get into the mobility question, Zach Wilson does have a lot of mobility. Trevor Lawrence, like we said, was functional and also tuck and run. Mm. Zach Wilson is all freestyle. It's all freestyle. He don't know if he's scrambling to throw the ball 70 yards downfield, if he's going to pump fake somebody, if he's going to try and truck somebody. It's all freestyle. You know what's interesting? The Jets is probably the worst place you can go right now. Houston's the worst place you can go right yeah, now. Yeah, but unfortunately, they gave up their first round pick, so and you ain't got year, to worry about. And next year, you ain't got to worry yes, about going you're there. You're absolutely correct. In fact, you know who has Houston's um, first round pick this year? Uh, Miami. It would be the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, because Miami traded. The San Francisco 49ers have Houston's first round pick this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't that yeah. isn't that fantastic? Yeah. So they better not. They better not do it. But, yes, So, but what Zach Wilson does, what Mormon Mahomes does is he freestyles, throws the ball all over the field. He has The reason they call him that is because he has that ability to just stop and then uncork an underhand throw 50 yards to somebody wide open, okay. and they can just scamper down the field. But is anybody going to be wide open? That's going to be the issue. The Jets are bootleg 49ers. So Robert Salah, our former defensive coordinator, is now the head coach there. San Francisco 49ers pass game coordinator, LaFleur, whichever, LaFleur, Etskochka, the other one that's not the Green Bay coach. Which one is yours, Mike or Matt? Matt, Matt. It's Matt. Then I think we have Mike. LaFleur boy, number, number two. Okay. He's the offensive coordinator. So it's supposed to be a whole lot of the same concepts as the 49ers run. But you got to have 49ers personnel to run that type of concept. So diversely, if not, you're going to have to scale it back and do like the old Kyle Shanahan types like you did when you were in Washington with RG3, and he was the offensive coordinator. And RG3 got busy. He did. Under the old Shanahan offense. I mean, but I can't name who the running back is on the Jets. Not that that's important. Who it, they receivers? Technically, it should be Le'Veon Bell is still there. Nah, who they receivers? Um, They have... Uh, Jamison Crowder and Pittman. No, Pittman's in Colt, Indianapolis. So, and not T. Higgins. It's one of the other guys. Okay. It's one of those rookies from last year. Uh, Denzel Mims from Baylor. And that's the problem. Mims is a big, tall, fast guy, but he played in that gimmick Baylor offense where it's just like run straight. But that's the thing. He's the type of guy where if Zach Wilson running around – He's 6'3", runs a 4'3". Now, if he gets open, you can launch this ball to him. It's good night. So I suspect a lot of big plays, but I suspect a lot of sacks and interceptions, well, too. They, they might do something else in the draft, too. They have to. Yeah, and can. there's a lot of receivers coming out this year, and they have another first-round pick and then, I believe, two-thirds in a second or two seconds in a third. Okay. Well, we'll see what they do. Yes, because they got they they've been active. They got rid of a bunch of their players. They they kind of stripped down, you know. Jamal Adams and the Giants um, got one of their defensive ends. Yeah, they gave away all the talent. They gave away all the talent to get 
you know, number one and number two. Right. They were supposed to get number one. If you but recall, they, they won. the entire year, everybody thought the Jets were going to end up with, yeah. you know, Trevor Lawrence. It would be sad if Zach Wilson is a bust and you're a Jets fan. But it would be funny if you were a Jets fan if Zach Wilson was good and Trevor Lawrence was It would be hilarious. <laughs> it would be hilarious, which now leads to number three. And what's funny to me is when the draft first started, the thought was, okay, the Jets are lucky because normally there's only one good prospect, but there's this other guy named Justin Fields who's almost as incredible a prospect as Trevor Lawrence. We talked a little bit earlier, you're not as impressed, but I think the tool set is among the greatest tool sets we've seen in NFL history at the at the position. Mm-hmm. He's 6'3", he's 6'4", six, six, big. Big arm. Big arm, big live arm. He likes to throw the ball downfield and has a beautiful deep ball. That's one of the things that I, that's one of the talents that I would want in my quarterback. Yo, can you throw big time bombs down the field where it's like, you know, Chris Collinsworth going to be like, he couldn't have threw that any better if he walked it down and handed it to him. Yeah, I mean, you need that in the, in the NFL. I love that in the NFL, you know, but he also has 4-4 four, four speed. Yeah. So he's not a running quarterback, and that's what I hate when people call him a running quarterback. He's not a running quarterback. He's a stand-tall pocket type of throw it all over the field. Yeah. But then when he decides to run, he's decisive because he's 4-4 four, four fast, and he's just like, all right, pack up, I'm out. Boom. And then apparently what I found out after listening to all these podcasts and uncovering this stuff is that he has a photographic memory. Yeah, I mean – yeah, who wouldn't want that at, at the quarterback position? When he was in, you know those those quarterback competitions, those seventeen group stuff. When well, you know he was on the Netflix special. Yes, yeah. yes. What is it, quarterback? You or you something? or something like that? Yeah. Yes. So what happens is they give all of these kids an NFL playbook to to study. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields memorized it. Memorized an NFL playbook. And they were like shocked. Then they gave him a test, and they it's a it's an iPad based test where they see how long it takes you to learn the information where you can recall it mm-hmm. and then give it back. So they said sixty five hundred different athletes have done it. Most notably, recently is like uh, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, who scored phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They were in the top ten percentile. Justin Fields was in the top one percentile and, like, maybe the top ever to do it. What's the, True story. So what's the issue? They For came, me. Oh, they came up with the work ethic. Uh, they came up with the work ethic. They asking, can he process? Talking about a hitch in his release and stuff. And to me, I'm hearing all of this stuff. And what I'm not hearing is about how he was recruited for Harvard. You know, I'm not hearing that story. I'm not hearing these stories about his actual recall and i'm not hearing them talk about how he's not just accurate but he's accurate at all three levels Mm. specific specific type of traits that are unique to his skill set yeah well carolina if you're listening (laughs) it sounds like y'all might want to invest in him san fran's still getting him i'm i'm can i'm i think that this is all a smokescreen and everybody's gonna be like how everybody missed san francisco loving justin fields that would be interesting kyle shanahan coached at one of those when justin fields was there kyle shanahan has john beck tutoring fields and trey lance Mm -hmm. again you don't hear about this 
I'm going to get to Mac Jones, but I'm going to segue to Trey Lance because Trey Lance during the uh, pandemic was getting bored. So what he decided to do was get NFL playbooks and game plan as if he was an NFL player based on these playbooks, the way they do it in the NFL. So like practice third down efficiency one day, practice red zone efficiency another day. Mm -hmm. And study this and then compare it to the actual game notes of the team he was studying leading up to that. It was another story about him. You know, he played one game. So the story goes that the reason why he played the one game is to guarantee scholarships. Oh, wow. For the other players. Wow. So they could, you know, go to school for free. See? See? So that type of stuff. He could have got hurt. And he, I think he, was, he wasn't that good that game. But it was just... The fact that he threw two interceptions, yeah. one of which was just into the half trying to push it. The other one was an interception. But it was a messy day, and he ran for like 150 yards. Yeah, I like him. Phenomenal runner. He might be ultimately the best dual threat. If he reaches the max potential, he has such a good arm. Mm-hmm. If they can get him precise and accurate the way that you saw – uh, Deshaun Watson improved the way that you saw Josh Allen improve. Yeah, if he can improve that accuracy, and then his running turns out to be the sort of thing, especially in like a Kyle Shanahan system, you put Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance together. Even if you keep Jimmy G, you can make packages for Trey Lance. Trey Lance come out there on that. Like millionaire Taysom Hill, you know what I'm saying? But you know what's interesting? The 49ers, the most recent success that they really had was under Kaepernick. Like, I don't understand. It's two guys. I know that. Let me let me say something to you. Let me say something to you, right? I'm a 49ers Not fan. recent. Not but. just under Kaepernick. So let's go back to the beginning. Joe Montana had more wiggle and juice than most quarterbacks at that time, period. Mm-hmm. Steve Young was flat out a, deep, uh, a dual threat. Yeah. Probably now can the greatest dual threat in NFL history. Yeah. He got busy with his legs. That's who would be perfect in this Kyle Shanahan offense. You put that Steve Young in this offense, right. it's a wrap. Yo, let's keep it a thousand, right? Jeff Garcia doesn't get much props, That's but that dude one. used to get busy with his legs, yeah, man. I remember scrambling around, buying time. Pitching the ball downfield to T.O. when he's behind people. Yeah, absolutely. Alex Smith, many of his best moments in games is when he uses his legs. Yeah. Because his arm is kind of Mac (laughs) Jones-ish. To keep it a thousand, you know what I mean? He's kind of throwing these pop gun passes all over the place, but he don't have that that laser. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So so now I kind of want to get to this Mac Jones thing because that's going to segue us into a little bit more fertile, controversial ground. So out of nowhere, the 49ers acquired a third pick. And the first thing that you hear is that it's for Mac Jones. And the first person you hear it from is a Mac Jones-esque pocket quarterback with an okay arm, no athleticism, and supposedly great mechanics, Great feet. His decision-making was questioned, but he had all of the intangibles, none of the tangibles. Mm-hmm. Chris Sims. But Chris Sims was Shanahan's quarterback in college at UT. Oh, yeah. He, that 
Repeat that again. He was who? Kyle Shanahan was Chris Sims' wide receiver at oh, UT. Oh, I didn't know he played football. He, he was a wide receiver for University of Texas. Oh, yes. I don't remember him. No. I, I remember mean, like Shipley. Because it's easy to mix up Sims and McCoy. Yeah. Um, but Sims was Sims first. before uh, he, Vince Young. Yes. And yeah. that's what happened. Sims was before Vince Young. And then Vince and then McCoy. And Sims pushed Major Applewhite out That's right. of the building. Yeah. And Major Applewhite had wiggle. Yeah. He he used to he was like a moxie guy. He did run, you know what I mean, make big clutch plays. He didn't just sit in the pocket. Is that Phil Sims, son? Yes, it is. That week being nerdy. Yeah, but you know, yeah. keeping that's what it is. Yeah. So he comes out and he's like, he thinks Mac Jones is the best quarterback in this entire class. I'm like, okay. But he's like, the reason why is because this dude is the most accurate quarterback prospect we've seen. He has Drew Brees-level accuracy, Drew Brees-level intensity, Tom Brady-level intelligence. When you're talking about quarterbacks from the pocket, you can't talk about these failed quarterbacks when you're talking about Mac Jones. You have to talk about Drew Brees and Tom Brady. You calling Cap? Everybody is. (laughs) Some rookie quarterback that played 17 games throwing the ball to wide open people is not Drew Brees. And the projection to think that is incredible. But that takes shape. And so that's what everybody starts talking about is they talk about how, you know, people are trying to figure out how did he get into the top five? Not if he actually got into the top five, Mm -hmm. but the assumption being that he's now a top five guy. So what are we missing? So then when they go back, it accentuates the positives that they're thinking about. Oh, he has great feet. Oh, he's the most accurate. He has functional mobility. He can't run. He can't run from people. But he can move around and step up and do all of that stuff. So some of the things that I heard try to do the, you know, the QB comparison. Yes. And so you get the Kirk Cousins and the Matt Ryans. And, you know, you know but how. you know why you get those two names? Because uh, they can't run. Kyle Shanahan coached both of them. Oh, yeah. That, that That's is where true. their names came from. That is true, yeah. He That's where the names came from. Yeah. There was no real other comps. They weren't actually trying to figure out what they have in common. They were just projecting. They were just projecting that. This is what Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan was. loves Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan had a great season with Matt Ryan, and Matt Jones the exact kind. But the only actual trait they share is what you said. They can't run. Kirk Cousins has a much more beautiful deep ball. And Kirk Cousins has better mobility. Kirk Cousins is not a running quarterback, but he has better mobility than Mac Jones, which is kind of scary because Mac Jones has less mobility than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and I'm not excited if my quarterback is uh, Matt Ryan, who don't have a deep ball. (laughs) Not a very effective one. And that's my thing. People talk about how great Kyle Shanahan made Matt Ryan. Got him all the way to the door of the Super Bowl. All they needed was a play from Matt Ryan. We can't hide you anymore. We've hid you with offensive line. We've hid you with Julio. We've hid you with running game. We've hid you with play calling. It's third down. We need you to make a play. And it's a strip sack. Fast forward to Jimmy G, okay? We hid you entire playoff games. Yeah, like all the way to the visible. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You're invisible. And then we've hid you with play calling. We don't have the weapons for you, to be honest, like that. 
we have enough weapons for you, though. You know, but now it's third down. We're in the Super Bowl. We dialed up the play. We need you to make a play. Unfortunately, he couldn't make that play. Overthrow. It's an overthrow. And the overthrow comes from, in my opinion, the fear in the pocket. He has to rush the, the play. He has to be on time. He has to be on time well, because it, it doesn't work if it doesn't work. Not just that. It's just the reps. But it's also the physical talent. It is, it's both. But if they don't have to hide you all the time, you probably make that throw if, if you like that guy. That's the question. Is he that guy? But I do hear what you're saying because you think about it. Emmanuel Sanders had not been on that team very long. Right. And then he had injury concerns for a while during that lead up. So they don't have that chemistry. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. You know, whereas on the flip side, Mahomes to Tyreek Hill is automatic chemistry right. all day. Kelsey is automatic chemistry. And that's why I'm not really understanding the idea of pushing Jimmy G out the door so unceremoniously. I understand that you want to upgrade. And so you use this opportunity to upgrade. But when you spend three picks, that makes it look like you mad desperate. Yeah. Mad desperate. And the 49ers were not that desperate. Right. So then to me that says, okay, well, you love a guy. You love a guy so much that you're willing to spend this because you think he can be a top five guy in the NFL. And so if you love a guy as much to to be a top five guy in the NFL, well, what do top five guys in the NFL have right now? You know, big arms. Big arms. Mobility. Mobility. Can get out of trouble, can pick up first downs, can keep chains moving. Accuracy. They can throw the ball all over the field and people aren't reaching out one hand, ducking low. No, that ball is hitting them. I watched a Justin Fields play, right? He gets pressure from the inside. He jukes outside so that the pressure stops for a second. Mm -hmm. And then he moves over to the left towards the line. And then he ropes a ball to the tight end who had gotten open but he threw it in a way where it was in the end zone, but it was between the tight end and the out, out of bounds line, and it was perfect. And he just turns, and it's right there in his hands. Mm-hmm. And that type of play will translate to the NFL. So, I mean, where, where do you see him? If he does slip or fall, where, where do you foresee that, that slip going to? Because it might be in his best interest. Well, the 49ers is kind of loaded, but – I don't want him on the Jets. No, it looks like um, Zach Wilson's going to the Jets. Right, but I'm saying, so, so, where, so where, where could you see, foresee him going? It's interesting you ask that question because the, the, the obvious place that I don't want him to go <laughs> under any circumstance New England. is the Patriots. Yeah. That would be a nightmare yeah. because now all of a sudden, if he does turn out to be that guy, now Bill Belichick chomping on a cigar and everybody hates them again because he's going to – AFC Championship every year and every once in a while beating Mahomes. Yeah, he back in the business. And now we like, oh, no, you let this happen. I'm coming out of Charlotte, you know, representing for now. You know what I'm saying? So him and the Panthers would be a lot of fun because I would love to see him live. Mm. And being that they've already had a Cam Newton type of player. Right. Perfect you, transition. You know, it's a great transition. And compete. Yeah, him versus Sam Darnold. Let's yeah. see who wins. Yeah. Boom. Uh, the other place, and it's, it's crazy because they just got Teddy Bridgewater, but Denver. If I'm Denver, 
So you would have to jump Carolina, or are they? Well, we don't know if Carolina. Oh, we, yeah, we really yeah. don't know their intentions. Yeah. But I'm saying, if you go into the season with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> and Justin Fields is right there, you owe it to yourself to do that. Right. You just have to. But for me, like I said, as much as I like Trey Lance and his game and his potential, and as much as I think him sitting for a little bit, Jimmy G being there, cultivating that locker room, kind of tr- handing it over a little bit better so that Kittle and – you know, if right now, if they say we're trading Jimmy and going into the season with Mac Jones, mm-hmm. okay, that's our plan. It's not going to be a competition. And then Mac Jones gets into camp and he's not that good. Oh, it's going to be a long season. Yo, your your team is going to be hot. Yeah. Like, yo, coach, what you do, man? And I don't understand why coaches don't – they don't learn – or GMs, they don't learn from the past where the guy sits. Like, that almost always works. Because they get impatient. The guy that sits and learns and sits down and – that works. That's just a formula that works. Well, you know, part of the reason I think that formula works is because the players that they intend to do that with have great tools. Mm-hmm. But they need a little seasoning. And so they're like, we're, we'll bank on these tools and we'll let them come about a little bit more slow, but these tools are fantastic. And so then when they do get a chance to play, they do catch up with the tools. Mm-hmm. Flip side, if you get a guy who doesn't have these tools, then you throw him out there because his intellect is supposedly ready. Mm-hmm. But he learns that his intellect isn't good enough and he'll never get these tools. Right. So now you have a situation where it's like, this could be trouble. And the player themselves may know it as well, right. where they're like, wow, I, I don't have a little bit more mustard to, to complete this. Even the guy, even if you sit out four or five weeks, exactly. Herbert, how many weeks did he sit out before he got in? I believe it was four weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm Three, saying. Three, four weeks. Yeah. McNabb did the same thing. Yeah. You know, taking it back. McNabb was like seven games or something like that. He was, what, the first pick? He was the third. Third. Oh, yeah, Tim Couch. Yeah, Achilles and then Achilles Smith. Smith. Yeah. That was the last – that was the the big quarterback year. It's interesting. So, like, the big quarterback years, you have that year. That's a big quarterback year? Well, it was a year where you had the first three people pick quarterbacks, oh. and then you also had Josh – You had Culpepper later down. Culpepper and McCown, Kate McCown. Yeah, so three of them was trash. So three of them were trash. So then you have the year where – um Cam Newton comes out, and Cam Newton, there's only four of them, but that was Gabbard, Ponder, and Locker. All trash. All trash. And then the most successful one is the recent one where you have Baker, you have Baker, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, and Lamar. So two and a possible if this is spades. So when you look at it, what do they all have in common, even going back to all the way to 1999? You know, uh, mobility, mobility, arm strength, size. Yeah. You have to be exceptional in some way to play the NFL game physically in some way. Physical speed, physical right. strength, physical size. And again, one more time, Justin Fields has all of that physical strength, physical speed, physical size, physical talents. 
So what episode, at what week are we going to play this back where you championing Justin Fields and everybody's, all the pundits going to be like, well, we didn't see this coming. We didn't see this coming. It depends on where he goes. That's the problem with all of this. Right. That's why they don't want him in San Francisco. They want Mac Jones in San Francisco because the gamble is if Mac Jones goes to San Francisco, even he will succeed. But success to me, if you trade three picks, means you can take the team to the playoffs and we can re-sign you at the end of your contract because that contract won't cripple us. Yeah, you got to be like, for that haul, you need to be top six quarterback exactly. at some point. And again, we have to be able to re-sign you. Yeah. We can't be like, well, if we re-sign him, we can't afford to pay the talent around him. Mm-hmm. Will he be as good? You can't do that with that type of haul, with that type of pick. You need somebody who's going to be week in, week out. So, again, they're thinking if Mac Jones comes, he'll be successful enough to be playoffs. Right. And then outside of the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl status, you know what I mean? A little bit more juiced up Kirk Cousins. Right, but you can't trade three picks. You can't trade for juiced up Kirk Cousins. Cousins. You want to... A Russell Wilson type. Exactly. Whereas on the flip side, they don't want Justin Fields to go to San Francisco because what if he reaches that apex? Now everybody who is talking crazy about him is now stuck in this, like, Jordan zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's Jordan versus Sam Bowie maybe, you know, but, like, you were hating. I mean, but they we, they've been through this. They have, but they still going through it. It was hating on Watson, exactly. But they're still, but they're still kind of hanging on to that a little bit. And then they're acting so befuddled by Herbert and Josh Allen, like they weren't some of the ones hating on them. And to me, if Justin Fields were blonde hair, blue eyes, with yeah. the same exact credentials, exact same track record, right. This first thing they would be saying is He's we, Josh Allen we can't do it again. We did it with Josh Allen. Yeah. We did it with Justin Herbert. He's a better prospect coming out of college than either of them were. Yeah. We have to take him. Yeah, have yeah. to. You already know that. So, you know, to me, there is a racial element of this that is inescapable where they go to the same old familiar tropes, mm. even beyond just the racial, just them being out of their mind. They keep telling us. They're better at this than you are. That's why they're in those offices and you're at home. Mm -hmm. I used to think that until I started working for a living. And I worked in politics and was like, it's a lot of idiots here. Mm -hmm. I worked at energy and I was like, oh, no, some of these bosses are idiots. You know, in media, I'm like, whoa, this dude knows nothing. Did you hear the story about uh, Alvin Kamara? He was in the pre-draft interviews and all of that nonsense. And they told him to take his nose ring out. Oh, wow. He told them, you ain't got to draft me. Wow. Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of that nonsense goes on. I mean, it's not like he's been drafted a long time ago. That's a fact. Yeah, so, yeah, we're still dealing with that. We're still dealing with that. But to me, it's a little bit more insidious when it's guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields where you still can display excellence Mm -hmm. and – they still will say, that's good, but. Oh, yeah, but. It's good, but. Nobody was more accomplished than Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and he still correct. got the, that still, but. Still, but. And so I'm, that's what I'm saying. You would think that after a while, these guys would learn their lesson. Mm-hmm. But they haven't learned their lesson. 
And the audacity to put a guy like Mac Jones over a guy like Justin Fields, to me, it's just and then and then they talk about Mac Jones is brilliant. Now, Mac Jones, I started to do a little digging. Like I said, I've been in this right. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones said he has a photographic memory. That's the only only thing you'll find supporting the fact that he has a photographic memory. It's him saying. It's him saying. <laughs> and he says, I have a borderline photographic memory, but yet different scouts and sources will bring up the fact that he has a photographic memory and not bring up the fact that Justin Fields confirmed does, right? But then Dan Patrick was talking to him, and he's like, yo, so how did you learn Chinese to Mac Jones? And Mac Jones is like, blase, 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 you know, the teacher in ninth grade, and so we used to joke around with each other, and you know what I mean? So he's like, all right, we'll kick us, kick some Chinese. And he like, uh, yeah, I don't really remember no Chinese like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's like, well, just say Roll Tide in Chinese. Can you say Roll Tide in Chinese? And he's like, I can say I play football for Alabama in Chinese. That ain't Roll Tide. That ain't Roll Tide. <laughs> and I'm like, that was not impressive <laughs> for somebody with a photographic memory. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He just exposed himself. And those are the little things I'm like, you you know he has a DUI as well, right? Oh, yeah. And if, if Justin Fields had a DUI, boy, <sighs> I thought he had two. No, that was just a rumor. The oh, second, that was a rumor. The second that was one the is internet? Twitter. Yeah, that's Twitter. Oh, that, that was Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, because oh, okay. I, I was digging. I was oh, digging. He was like, <laughs> what that second DUI I'm hitting for you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you know, let's 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 get back to the to the idea of these quarterbacks and these teams putting together these teams. You know, we talked a lot for one quarterbacks. Got a little bit more time to go here. Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure having you in the booth, man. Definitely, it's my first time too. Nice, nice. What you think so far? I like the setup. I like it. Word, word. Good cohesion. Yes, indeed. You can kind of see and get the energy yeah. a little bit different. So. The draft is coming up. How many of these teams do you actually trust to, you know, make good decisions, draft well, in general? Estimate. You don't have to go exactly through. But who do you even trust now? Mm, that's a that's a good question. Um, I mean, I don't really be trusting none of these teams. <laughs> it's a few teams that's, that's always going to be solid. But you know the, the the good run organizations, they usually figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh the Patriots haven't been figuring it out. They haven't been. And they've had a hard time picking good players. Right. So it is the Steelers is probably gonna find the best receiver in the draft in the fifth <laughs> round. Um so you know the Packers is gonna pick another running back that don't help. Yeah, like uh So what about the uh Chiefs? What did you think about them trading for uh, Orlando Brown? Did yeah. You, did you think that was a good trade? I didn't did understand why the Ravens would trade him to the team that they're trying to beat. I think the reason is because they, they don't think he's going to be good. They don't think he's going to be good. He's he's a I right mean, tackle. Anything is better than what they had last year. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But watch the Ravens go and pick up the next right tackle in the third round. Uh, and be cashing off, you know what I mean? They'll probably pick a linebacker in the first round that's yep. going to be lead the NFL tackle. Yep, and then, you know, so, maybe maybe find a pass rusher in the second round and then get a tackle in the third round and be Gucci. So put them in there. And, oh, they have two first-round picks now. So they have their oh, yeah. first-round pick. And the Chiefs. And the Chiefs' first-round pick. So put them in there. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? 
I'm about to make you laugh. Right? No, I think that the, the, a good subplot is the NFC East. I was just you about was to say ask. That? I was just about to ask. They all picking around the same. Yo. So that little fight on who's going to get the cornerback and who's going to take the receiver, because all of them need a corner. All of them need a corner. <laughs> all of them need a corner. All of them except Dallas, Dallas. need a receiver and offensive punch. Right. Dallas need to stop with the, the offense and go back to defense. They need real defensive players. They should go back to my formula. Mm-hmm. They need to take all, all defensive, defensive players. Like the Panthers did last year. And yes. you saw that work because a yeah. bunch of these players came through. All defensive players. Dallas Maybe a backup O-lineman. Nah, they need all defensive all players. Defense. All defensive players. Yeah. Because you can't be messing around with a backup O-lineman like that when you need so much on defense. And you can get, you know, minimum wage guys, unfortunately, that's going to get cut this offseason after the draft. Yeah. And you probably, for a backup, you'd yeah, rather have I a was veteran. Just, I was just saying that because, like, they whole O-line was dead last year. Absolutely. But, I mean, you need a veteran for a backup. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, all, all defense for Dallas. But the Eagles. So the new Eagles coach talking about, he plays people in rock, paper, scissors to see how competitive they are. What is this, the YMCA league? <laughs> it's, that's what Philly do. Philly out here, wow. Who is that coach? Nick Siriano. Uh, that sounds like an Eagles coach. <laughs> it does. He, um, Yeah, he was like, he wants guys that are so competitive, they'll do anything to win anything, even rock, paper, scissors. So he plays rock, paper, scissors to well, he need the rock, paper, scissors, a cornerback. And a wide receiver. And a wide receiver. Because J.J. Ortega and um, the ghost of Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey ain't getting it done. That ain't cutting it. What, G. Wade? Is G. Wade the dude? Now, who was the dude that was running around that? G. Ward. Nah, it was another dude that, that was killing. <sighs> I I don't I thought that no, was him, it wasn't anyway. Ward it was another one but killing is like air quotes words for killing because they was not killing at all by the end of the season yeah and Rieger didn't work out nah meanwhile Justin Jefferson eating yeah. brains yeah Fulgham see nah yeah Fulgham yeah Fulgham all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fogel may ask another wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> two, three of them. That's, that ain't it. They need to take like two, three wide receivers. And two, three cornerbacks. Yeah. I don't know why teams just don't do that. Because they, these teams are idiots. Just take whatever you weak at. Just take like two, three cracks exactly, at it. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's, you know. Um, it's funny because certain teams in the NFC West, they don't have no draft picks. Somehow the, the Seahawks only have three draft picks the entire draft somehow. Because they traded them all for um, Jamal Adams. Jamal and Adams. It had to be somebody else, Shaq Griffin or something. Yeah. And then the uh, Rams. Oh, yeah, they never have a first round. But the problem with the Rams is they be hitting with them fifth round picks, and now you you, you still mad. Yeah. It's, you know, you like that. I see why they don't need no first round picks. <laughs> but – I don't trust most of these teams, and especially in the NFC, the Vikings. Let's go back to Kirk Cousins. How good could the Vikings be this year with a good draft? I don't know, man. They underperformed last year. They did so, underperform. So do they need to do the all-defense thing, too? No, because their offensive line oh, is the in offensive no shape. Oh, the offensive line is, is awful, so it's, they need to do all O-line. They need maybe 
Two two of them. Yeah, they need to double, maybe triple down. I could see that. But their defense needs a lot of help. They and you they might do what you said though, because Zimmer ain't even worried about the offensive line after yeah. that defense last year. He nah. he looked sad. That's at what the I end was thinking season. about. They they defense was like atrocious at one point. He looked sad. Yeah. He came out one time like fighting back tears, like yeah. his defense is just not very good. I've never coached a defense. I feel them. Like this. <laughs> I feel them though. So yeah, I'm I'm looking at them. They they need to approach defense. Pat they probably gonna go corner. Yeah, Pat P if he get roasted like last year, they definitely gonna need another corner. They lost Anthony Harris. They might need to just move him to safety already. Yeah. Or, you know, the the zone might work for him, but you can't count on him as like a a real corner. Yeah, they'll be interesting. But okay. Speaking of people that we, you know, we forgot to give them their flowers in the NFC East for being awful. Let's go to the, the Washington football team. They have some talent. They loaded on defense. They don't have no corners, though. They nah. still need corners. Yeah. But the good thing for them is, you know, they got like the uh, the Giants Super Bowl theory where they oh, they defensive line be wrecking shock so much. Yeah, same. The 49ers did that two years ago. But – I mean, those guys get expensive, so you can't just yeah. waste that because yeah. you're going to have to lose some at some point when they all get time to re-up. Who they quarterback again? Fitzpatrick? Fitzmagic. See, nah. See, they need to be in the market to move yeah, up. They, they really need to be in the market to yeah, move that up. Ain't, that ain't cool. But they won the NFC least last year, so they got like 22. Is it like a second-round prospect quarterback that – Ah, uh, the kid from A and M, Kellen Mond. Okay, so maybe they're looking at that. They they need a receiver too. They do need a receiver. Probably a second round. There's a lot of receivers in they're this draft, but check for the second round. Yeah, but their second round is closer to third round. Yeah, so that's now, true. You know, what front offices do you trust less than the New York Giants? I was gonna say, ain't no front office I trust <laughs> less than the New York Giants. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> nah, the Giants, man. They just, every year they come with the. Uh, I don't remember. Do you remember a few years ago when they filmed Joe Button? No. Oh, it was great. So they picked Daniel Jones over uh, Haskins. Haskins. Okay. And so Joe Buttons is he's sitting Indian style watching the TV. Okay. Crisscross applesauce. Don't get me canceled. He's sitting, <laughs> and then. They announced Daniel Jones, and he has the most befuddled face. Like, I can't believe they just did this. Well, I will say. <laughs> he better than Haskins. <laughs> Daniel Jones is better than Haskins. I didn't want either one of them. I knew Haskins. Just because you black <laughs> don't mean I think you're going to be good. I mean. Haskins, but, I tried to tell Nate a couple times. I was like, I don't know about this Haskins. Talk about, yeah. you can't be black, right? And not be able to run. When has that worked? Jameis Winston can't run. Definitely can't run. He but can't run. I'm not like hype on Jameis. No, you're right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good point. <laughs> I don't remember Jamarcus Russell being good. I remember he was at LSU. I don't watch a lot of football. I remember I think looking he threw at like him. a lot of touchdowns or something. Uh, yeah, but I remember looking at he him. He was mad slow too. Yeah, I'm like this dude is slow. 
This dude is fat. I'm like, how is he the number one pick? This don't make no sense to me. Yeah, I'm straight on the black quarterback that can't boogie. Any quarterback. That's the point that we're saying. That's the wild thing. Like, if you are stuck in the pocket like a statue, okay, that ain't it in today's NFL. That's a fact. Tom Brady has more wiggle now because he has to, even though he old. But, ladies and gentlemen, them Eli Manning days is over. And Tom Brady, he is a a one-in-a-lifetime anomaly. And his brain is the reason he's successful. Right. Not the fact that he's a pocket quarterback. Right. Do not think being a pocket quarterback will save you because Tom Brady got ring. Agreed. Because he was awful against the Packers second. Yeah, he 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 could have lost that game. Yeah. A lot of picks. But I don't want to talk about that. No, and we don't have to. Who are you looking at this year in terms of the draft, in terms of teams you'd like to see get better or teams you're going to laugh at if they're terrible? Well, you know, it's always fun to laugh at Dallas. <laughs> you just never know, laugh. like – like if Kyle Pitts somehow slipped, or what's the kid from uh, LSU? Oh uh, man, Chase, Chase, Jamar Chase. Yeah, like Jerry yeah. Jones can be like, "Yo, four wide receivers." <laughs> set, yo, yo Jalen Waddle is yeah. so fast. Yeah, He'd be like, like Al, like Al Davis. Right, that's what I'm saying. So Dallas is always fun. I mean, the whole NFC East, it's a mess, man. It's but a we, mess. Whether it's the draft, it's the first week of the season with the NFC East. You know, you just wit, you just wit all the smoke because you know it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. It's a ticking time bomb. All right, let's 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 hop over to your NFC North. Is that just like eye roll? I don't even get hype over the Packers. Uh, oh, you don't anymore? Because uh, I know you know what it is. Uh, yeah, I know the shenanigans is coming. Um, how do you feel about? The uh, Detroit Lions. Now, I was going to ask you, why the Bears ain't in line for one of these quarterbacks? Because they got, like, they made the playoffs, and so their pick is, like, 23, and don't nobody want that, and don't nobody want none of the players they got. The Bears made the playoffs? Yeah. Remember, it's, like, nine playoff teams. Oh. Yeah, seven uh, playoff teams. So they but made who the, they quarterback? Is Foles? It's Nick Foles. No, it's um Andy Dalton. Oh no, nah, they need a quarterback. They do, but they don't nobody wants what they have to offer. They would have to they just to move up to like oh. twelve, they'd have to offer like two first round picks. Oh, uh, I understand. Okay. You know what I mean? So they're they're kinda like they might and we might see them move up, mm-hmm. but there's only so much they can do without really giving up the future. Because mm-hmm. they went to the playoffs. Like it was got a really you. dumb maneuver. I got you, I got you, I got you. Okay. Um Detroit, uh they probably go on receiver. They probably they're pretty predictable. They might be a place where somebody wants to move seven. You yeah, know? I could see that. Maybe if if Denver decides, it, it, who knows? Because they just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. I'm gonna play. be real with you. Okay, Detroit need to pick a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. Let me tell you why. Because they don't have no infrastructure whatsoever. They need to build some semblance of some sort of team. So O-line. O-line, weapons, defensive players. They don't they 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 have no talent on that team. Yeah, so O-line. Yeah. Don't don't they need a quarterback, but they don't they're need gonna to suck one. anyway this year. So exactly. they can get a quarterback next year. Or the year after that, because this yeah. is gonna be tough for a little while. Yeah. So pick 
build the old line up. And they then, lost Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Marvin Jones. They don't have no receivers. They've never had a running back since Barry Sanders. They don't have no offensive line. And the running back, what's, what's his name? DeAndre Swift here? We'll see. Mm. No. Mm. Who else is in that division? Minnesota, we talked about them. Uh, let's go to the South. Dirty South. Dirty South. Mm-hmm. Atlanta at four. What's the move? Like uh, Pitts. Is that what they should just do? Ridley. They talk about getting rid of Julio. I don't know if I like if you keep it, Matt Ryan, you might as well keep Julio. You gotta keep Julio. Yeah. Even if you get pits, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay, they might mess around and uh end up with some phenomenal talent that dropped because of all type of quarterback shenanigans and foolishness. Next thing you know, somebody on that squad you like. Corner. I will go corner for them. Okay. Okay. Let's say the Panthers don't want Justin Fields. Just offensive line and Sam Darnold, is that a plan? That's not a plan. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a good plan. Not a good plan. No, take the quarterback. Take the quarterback. And and by the, you know, all accounts of the owner, he's a risk taker. Mm -hmm. The the coach just seems like to be a risk taker. Go take the quarterback. Okay. You can't hedge everything on Sam Darnold. No, you can't. No, you can't. New Orleans, who's their quarterback? Who is their quarterback? I think it's Jameis Winston, right? But they just gave Taysom Hill $150 million. So, but, that was fake, but that was fake money. That's, That's fake, fake money? That's fake money. He's getting 30 piece. this year. Mm, yeah, I think he has two years. His $100 million comes down to like. It's four years, $100 million, right? But I think it's like $13 million. None of it's guaranteed. I think like $13 million is guaranteed. And then what's the rest is incentive? It's fake money. No, it's not a real contract. Oh, okay. So, but he played. He started last year. But it voids like the contract. What I'm saying is, you saying Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston wasn't starting. You're last right. Year. You're right. You're right. You're right. But anyway, it was COVID last year. People. Was I sick. mean, and if Jameis give up the ball, like. 42 times like he did in his 30-30 and 30 season. I'm saying, like, they might. He threw 30 picks, but people forget he fumbled, like, 12 times. Right. Yo, that was a great season. That's a remarkable season. Remarkable season. Yeah. Goat, goat. And then he came out on the press conference. It's still my favorite press conference. You look at my numbers, I'm balling. <laughs> That's one of the best press conferences I ever heard. Oh, man. We we got to get out of here pretty soon. You want to fast forward through the NFC West real quick? Any any thoughts on Russell Wilson? He stayed there. He's staying there like Aaron staying in Green Bay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they was turning. They was hanging up on people, too. Yeah. Somebody offered them a boatload. And they was yeah, like, they like, nah, we ain't doing that. Yeah. Is Stafford going ball out in L.A.? If he can stay healthy, he probably will. Okay. What about Kyler this year? They got a lot of work to do, or just or could one draft make them like all of a sudden that they squad? Probably, would they need an offensive line? They could still use some weapons, and their defense isn't very good. Yeah, they were very inconsistent. They could use a new coach. Can they draft a coach? <laughs> they cannot. I was going to ask you about Cliff. Cliff, oh. you need to. They need to draft a new coach. Yeah, probably oh, man. Draft a new co- if, it, it felt. It felt like they drafted him. Yeah, they were like upside nose Sean McVay. Okay, um, let's okay. So let's wrap up. We're not going to do this for the whole AFC. Baltimore, Indianapolis, Buffalo, and Kansas City are those the top four teams? A of the division, B in the in the uh, AFC. 
Baltimore, Kansas, Bills. Bills in the AFC East. So Bills in the AFC East, Baltimore in the AFC North, Indianapolis in the AFC South, and Kansas City in the AFC West. Who can challenge them in their divisions? Titans. Titans, you really think? Titans lost their offensive coordinator and a lot of defensive players. Yeah, I'm not hype on the Colts. You're not hype on the Colts? You you don't think Carson Wentz going to get it done? Yeah. You know, just handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line where he eating, making sandwiches, eating sandwiches all day. It should work. But you're skeptical. I'm skeptical. Okay. Texans are the biggest trash fire in the NFL. Because we know by history the same four teams are not going to just be the same four teams. Mm. The same four best teams. Somebody's going to slip. Okay. That, that so, makes sense. So where's the team that's going? So maybe it's the Titans. The, yeah, I don't know where Because here's the question. Ravens better than the Browns. Yeah, the Browns won the division, right? Did they? They no. Pittsburgh won the division. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But Pittsburgh. the Browns. The Browns won, got in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Didn't. Yeah. Didn't Baltimore get in the playoffs too. Yeah. Also, all three of them. Yes. So. But I, the Steelers. Nah, they ain't it. They ain't it. Nah. <laughs> so ain't that's it. gonna be the team that. It, that's that's the team that crashes. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be interesting with Baltimore. We, I hope Lamar has, will be more consistent this year. Did they, they get him a wide get, receiver? They definitely got to get him a wide receiver. They definitely got to get him a wide receiver. Yeah, but I like Lamar to have a bounce back here. Mahomes, King State of King. We about to get out of here. King State of King. Oh yeah, he's gonna ball out this year. All right, all right, all right. Any any final NFL draft thoughts? NFL thoughts or anything in general? As we get ready to ease on down, ease on down the road. Man, I'm just ready to go out, and we're going to see my cousin Frank's, his reaction. Is he going to have a Joe Budden befuddled look tonight <laughs> if the 49ers pick Mac Jones? <laughs> like, that's all That's all I'm checking for tonight. Like, everything else is irrelevant. That's why I made the trip over here. That's why I thought about this weeks ago. Because I need to know what kind of reaction I'm going to get tonight. I, I don't even know. If they pick Mac Jones, I'll be broken, bro. That's what I need to see. Brand of broken. You ain't even watch Game of Thrones like that. <laughs> Yo, I'll be staring out into the abyss. Yeah. Yo, football gods, I'm done with y'all if y'all do this to me. Yeah. You man. can't do this to me. Just give him the black man. That's we what got, he, that's I want what a superhero. Yeah. I want a San Francisco he superhero. He don't want no knockoff cousins. I don't want knockoff cousins. <laughs> I don't want real or, you know, super cousins even. <laughs> I don't want no cousins family. I don't want no Matt Ryan adjacency. No, I ain't hearing all of that. So we're gonna see what that's what Phil that's hitting Rivers. for tonight. They talking about Phil Rivers. Nah, he definitely ain't Phil Rivers. Nah, he ain't Phil Rivers. First no. of all, he ain't got that long game like Phil Rivers. Pause. <laughs> Yo, but yeah, eighteen kids. Oh, yeah. eighteen <laughs> kids. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's that. Uh, yo, it is a pleasure having you. Yo, you got to come back to the Huga Studios, man. You got to come back to Charlotte and do some more of this. Definitely. That's what it is. It's NFL draft night. Like he said, we got to go and get these wings, post up. And if they pick Mac Jones, try not to cry in public, man. I'm praying for you, my brother. Yo, please do. Thoughts and prayers appreciated. Thoughts and prayers, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. On that note, yo, it has been a ball. Yo, thanks one more time for coming through, Geese. Time, my brother. Yo, and we out. Peace. Bitch, 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 bitch